This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The share it with a friend deal. Even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. Live your best morning with BOGO breakfast sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. A dramatic pause says something without saying anything at all. Feet deserve a go-to like that. Like Hey Do Choose. Light, comfy, good to go to. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Emilio Donnell, who's my co-host, and I have two very special guests. I've got our new friend here, Russ, who's a supporter of Brighton Hove Albion, and then i got my good friend Andy Calton, who is a supporter of West Bromwich Albion. This episode, we're going to talk about the relegation battle that all three of our sides are dealing with and our thoughts on it. So before we go on any further, I just want to introduce everyone to the show first Emilio thank you for joining me on this special episode hi there hi guys it's nice to have you Russell Andy on the show tonight yeah it was just good timing this show we've you know Fulham have got Brighton and West Brom back to back in the next few days and it's just we're all three teams are facing a uphill battle to survive in the Premier League but you know who's going to go down who's going to, amongst ourselves there's going to be one one or two of our clubs are going to be in the likely mix of going getting relegated this season. So, yeah, I just want to talk with all our with our colleagues there and get a, a, a supporter's perspective, a genuine, honest perspective. Yep. In line with that, we've got these big games coming up. I'm actually looking forward to tonight. So am I. Mr. Carlton, how are you doing? Andy is a good friend of mine. We've been friends on Twitter for a long time. We've done a couple of shows together. Andy, how are you doing? Yeah, great. So I'm sort of, uh, yeah, looking forward to tomorrow. We've got Man City at home. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm sure. Actually, it's quite funny because uh, I don't know if you know this, but Pep Guardiola described Sam as a genius today. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. So, 
I'm hoping that geniality will come out tomorrow, right? We'll see how it goes. Okay, well, I'll get your thoughts on Allardyce in just a bit. Russell, this is going to be interesting because I'm Russ, you're Russell. We're going to go with that for this show. This is the first team time that we've uh, done multiple Russells on a show. And as Emilio <laughs> said to me off air, there are going to be plenty of Goldmans. And Russell, just so you know what a Goldman is, that's a mistake that we call on a show. That's my last name. So I'm expecting several of them. But I want to <laughs> welcome you to the show. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thanks very much. And I'll stay as a Russell just to avoid confusion there, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> no problem at okay. all. Okay, Thanks fantastic. Okay, well, listen, let's get going. And Russell, I'm going to start with you. I want to get your thoughts on what was going through your mind before the season began, your prediction for Brighton Hove Albion. Let's start there. Before we talk about where we all are, let's talk about what were your thoughts before the season began? Um, yeah, well, I think pretty modest. Um I think it's year-on-year progression. We've got a big picture plan, really, at the Albion. Uh, this Albion, sorry, I'm going to confuse things now with the West Brom. Sorry. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we, we've essentially, we're building year-on-year. And we had, after Hewton, where we had a more boring style of football, under Graham Potter in his first year, we did quite well, but we struggled a bit, and we took a while getting over the line. So, for me, it was going to be a minor improvement, was what I thought we were going for there. I was expecting where we finished just a couple of places uh, to safety. I was thinking maybe something around 13th, 14th that we were yeah. capable of getting. Um, but ultimately, as always, if you're a bottom half of table club, as we are at the moment and have been since we've been in the Prem, it's really just a, a matter of getting over that first line, mm-hmm. which is proverbially the 40-point mark, isn't it? So, right. so, so really, we were, I, that's all I was making sure of or wanting to make sure of. But I was thinking around, yeah, say about 14th, I think, was 14th. the figure I had in my head. Yeah. Okay, excellent. Andy, your club came up with my club from the championship. So before the season began, I don't remember if I asked you, what, what was your prediction for West Bromwich Albion? Depends. You want my heart or my head? You know, it's two different answers. Give us both. Give us both. Uh, heart, yeah. I wanted this to stay up. Head, no. We, we, we limped over the line. We absolutely got in by default. You remember Barnsley beat. I remember. Brentford on a crazy run. Think of the players they had, you know, the Villa boy, the guy at West Ham now. Um, they had a great squad and, you know, they're doing well this season, but you managed to beat them in the playoffs. And so pre-season for West Brom, you know, it was like, can we strengthen? Billich has this European connections that worked getting – Last year, some decent players like Pereira hasn't worked out. Hasn't worked out at all. Since then, we've won two, two out of 24 games. And so it's it's just not a good recipe. Uh, transfer-wise, he's not made decisions. The board made decisions above him. He's got players that he didn't want, so very expensive players. He's lost players he wanted to keep. The unity of the team sort of disappears with the unity of the support of the board uh, backing Billich. It's not been good. And so, you know, it, the, I'll be honest with you, the game that really swung it for me was the Fulham game. Okay. We were both, at, at, you know, in the bottom three at your place. And it was like, how we kick on? Have we the ability? We looked loose. We looked limp. We looked weak physically, mentally. And Fulham looked so much stronger. And that 2-0 defeat for me, that was it. That was when you know, the right for me was really on the wall. Are we good enough? And we're just not good enough. I think it's as simple as that. Okay. Very good. All right. 
Emilio, over to you. I know we've probably done this prior, yeah. but what were your thoughts? I, I think you've said what I've said, just 17th. Yeah, absolutely. My my objective was you know, stay in the division. I don't get how we stayed there as long as we stay in the division. You know, I was. I remember on, we did a show straight after the um, playoff final against Brentford while everyone else was getting drunk, celebrating. I was being a little bit he, more... He was worrying already then. Worrying already about next season. <laughs> I was always saying, we haven't got enough strikers. Where are the goals going to come from? We can't have that defence. I was already worrying about how many points we'll pick up this season. But for me, it was all about... <laughs> this seven. was that night. <laughs> that was that night. The night of the Brentford Cup final win at Wembley. I was already worried about the Premier League season. So, you know, expectations were 17. Nothing more than that. Stay in the division and do what Aston Villa did you know, last year. You know, manage to survive and kick on the second season. The moment, you know, are we where I expected us to be? Broadly, bottom. I expected us to be in the bottom three. We're there. Do we have a chance to survive? Yes, we do. Yeah. So, you know, we've we've improved. If we carried on playing like we did those first three or four games of the season, we'd be rock bottom, worse than Sheffield United. So, thankfully, there's been some good investments, some good players. Now we've got to start learning how to win games and convert those draws into wins. But you know, I'm hopeful. But it's it's going to be a I think all three of us are going to have a, a challenging three months ahead of us, three or four months. I think we've got to, you know, two of us, I think, are going to go down realistically, at least one if not two. So it's, it'll be interesting to see what you guys obviously, Andy, you're more pessimistic than, <laughs> than Russell. I'm, yeah, I'm optimistic. I'm reasonably optimistic, but yeah, it'd be good to just have this open conversation tonight. Okay, excellent. And that's going to get right to what we're going to talk about. We're getting right into it, guys. So, Russell, I'll go to you first. Here it is. Will your team survive? And if so, who will go down instead? Now, Emilio's going with the idea that it could be potentially two. I'm thinking one, but it's up to you. Will your team survive? Do you think they'll survive? And if so, who will go down instead? So it could be a combination. I strongly feel that Sheffield United will be one of those teams. Could it also be Newcastle United? Could it be Burnley? Could they be part of the mix? But I'm curious how you feel about this, and then I'll go to Andy. Yeah, it's a really tough call, isn't it? I mean, I certainly agree with you about Sheffield United. There's too much ground to make up there. Any yes. of us could finish below them. If we do, we're in big trouble anyway. <laughs> um, so I think it's going to be, uh, unfortunately for Andy, I do think West Brom will, will slip. Um, looking at last season, I, I, I agree with what you said, you know, just getting over the line. Um, yep. When you look at the disparity between the divisions, I think it's such a chasm mm-hmm. now. Oh, it is. You have to... You have to look at what Wolves did when they went up and think, I felt confident they would stay up. I felt confident we'd stay up because of how convincingly we got promoted more than anything. Um, I wasn't sure, but I, I, I felt we had a chance. And I did, looking at you guys, um, in fact, both sides, I thought there's going to have to be some improvements to stay in. So I have to say it's not looking great for either side. I do think we're going to survive it. Um, okay. Because of the table at the moment, five clear, you've got a game in hand for the new... Um, and then West Brom, another point behind. I, I mean, I do think we'll survive, not necessarily to do what you're going to do, but I think we'll just get the necessary points to get there. What I do think is that Newcastle, you mentioned, I, I tipped quite a few weeks ago as the Dark Horse go down. They, yeah. I, whenever I've seen them, they've, they've looked terrible, to be honest. Horrible. Um, and they don't play a great background of football, but they're not playing with confidence. And if they've got Callum Wilson not firing or not getting the service or getting injured, They've already got nothing there. Um, we've now seen them get into free fall. And I mean, there are only two ahead of us, but there's seven clear of you guys, Fulham. But uh, if you win your game in hand over them, 
that that gap goes down. Um, yep. And there's a long way. We're halfway through, aren't we, at the moment? Um, my tip, and this this is the best way, can, way of putting it, is I've gone for Sheffield United, West Brom, Newcastle triple for oh. a relegation bet, um, which is um, I'm sorry to say for Andy, because I'm. Don't don't wish relegation on anyone, obviously, but I sure. I do think it's it's a step too far for Sam this time, should we say? Okay, Andy, over to you. Your thoughts? I think you kind of let it known already, but will your team survive? And if so, who will go down instead? Russell's already given his three. Who are your three? Well, if we're going to stay up next eight games, we've got to play Fulham, Sheffield United, Brighton, Burnley, Newcastle and Palace. So if ever you need a new manager bounce, this is it. (laughs) We've got to win four or five. We have to win that many games. I think this year the number of points is going to be less than it's ever been to stay up. So in a sense, that's good for all of us, you know, those key games. With momentum, momentum's everything. I mean, I'm writing this off because we've only won two games this season. Shockingly, same as Fulham. I mean, that that, that is remarkable, I thought. I didn't realise you only won two as well. So if we get that part of the game right, who knows who is going to pick up in the window? Now, I'm writing this off now. If he gets Chowdhury, that's the guy I want from Leicester. There's a lot of good players at West Brom, but there's a lot of weaknesses as well. If he irons out the weaknesses... I think that would be a really good signing. Benteke's been on the cards as well. Could he lead a line with good players around him? He's not a top perfect goal scorer, but he could be a threat playing like a 4-5-1. So I'm saying we're going down, but you know we'll know for sure once this window closes or we'll know better in terms of who's going down. Sheffield United played better than we did. That's one of our wins this season. We, we squeezed a 1-0 against them. They're going down. Obviously, I've got a... As yeah, you know, we'll see. The other one, Russell's right. It's between Chef. I believe it's between uh, um, Newcastle and Brighton. Actually, sorry, I see Fulham kicking on. Really, I really do. Yeah, I think you have. You're welcome back anytime, Andy. No, honestly, (laughs) I I think every time you play, you've got physicality. You've got a United (laughs) manager. Your pace. Mitrovic is going to wake up one day and start scoring. Defensively solid. Got a great keeper. I mean, come on. He's the best keeper in the bottom six by a mile. Oh, he is a great keeper. I will say that. So as a recipe, you know, I, I had no idea. We're starting one point behind you. Yep. So I, I'm confident. If I was a Fulham fan, I think you're going to kick on. Oh. We've, got to, we've got to possibly, you know, rein you in. We've got to beat you next go, you know, once, once mm-hmm. the whole yeah. and then get above you and then get maybe a fear factor in Parker. But if you're really asking me who's going down, you know, being honest, I'd say ourselves. I'd say Sheffield United and the third one, I'm going to say Brighton. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Russell, back over to you. Your thoughts on what Andy just shared there, because I, I wasn't expecting him to say Brighton. And it's four yeah. points. And what's interesting about your side, and maybe we can get into this, because I want to talk about the managers. I want to go back and talk to Andy about Allardyce. And I also want to get Emilio involved, but I want to go back to you. I want to get your thoughts on this, on uh, what he just shared about he thinks that Brighton is. Do you feel that – that there's just too much experience there and, and Potter has enough to get you over the line? Russell? Um, yeah, sorry, yes. Um, I think I think he is not that experienced, but he's a reasonable amount. I think more it's a case of um, we're in a weird one, really, because we've stepped on in terms of the way we play a lot more than I thought we would. Um, we're playing we play with a lot of confidence, quite 
an open brand of football. Um, what, what we have done is we've squandered a lot of chances, but our scoring isn't too bad if you look at the stats in terms of the number of goals. But what it is, is when we score, we just can't keep the ball out the other net. That's the problem. And um, what we've done is we've we've had some reasonable results against all of the teams outside of our general area in the table, but we failed to beat any of the teams around us. As you guys will know, we've, we've had draws against both of you. Yes. Um, the, the West Brom game being a home match, of course, for us as well. Sheffield United, we gave them only their second point of the season when we played them mm. only a few weeks ago. That was, again, it was a classic case of us not being able to put to bed a team that we're clearly going to set up to defend from the beginning. Um, Burnley, we played well again there, but didn't get the result. Um, Wolves, we came back and got a good result there. But Palace, away from home, our arch rivals, they were really terrible that day. And unfortunately, we only got a draw. Um, what mm. happened there was that they, they were gifted a goal, a ridiculous penalty decision. And we've had a mixture of bad luck like that. But also, we've made some bad luck for ourselves. We're not finishing teams off in games where we have been on top. So I, I feel our position in one sense is false. That's why I'm confident. I think we will at some point step on and be able to to hit a, a run of games. But all the time that we keep not doing that, it's just mm. empty talk, just as when the manager says we've got to learn and step on. And, you know, it's a case of are we actually going to do that in the end? I could see us. We're, we're capable of stringing a run of results together. I think, okay. and I think we will at some point. That's why I think we'll be okay. But I can understand why we'd be tagged as one of the teams that can go down because well we're right down there aren't we at the moment right you win your game in hand, we're a points uh, sorry two points off relegation again so you know it's it's going to be a tough one um i wouldn't write it off put it that way but i'm okay. hoping that i'm right <laughs> that we're going to survive okay before i go to amelia i want to go back to you because again andy already kind of told us what he feels that his team needs, he was talking about Benteke, you know, obviously bringing in a striker, Fulham definitely need that as well. We'll talk about that in a bit. I'm sure Amelia will chime in on that. You were just talking about the situation with Brighton Hove Alvin, but is there a need? Is there a need in the window? What does your team need to survive to get over the line? Well, we've we've had a problem trying to get the right sort of striker for a number of years. We've brought in people like Neil Morpé who who fit a role within the club, yeah. and they're they're learning the trade still at that level they're now at, um, having done well for Brentford in the Championship. But we haven't really got the traditional centre forward that could fill fill that role when needed. And I think we, we don't play with normally with with two strike partners as such. We play with a ten, or we play with two wide attackers, and then. We, we don't really have a striker as such, and I do think that is a void in the squad. I don't okay. think we're necessarily going to fill that, though, because um, we've got a lot of forward players, and I think we're we're playing quite a, trans, like a transigent sort of way of playing, and we're, we're flexible, we're moving things around, and I think he might make do with what he's got, so I've got a hunch. But I would ideally like to see another striker in there, um, particularly somebody of the Callum, we mentioned Callum Wilson, somebody of that sort of stature right. who's feasible uh, but actually step things on for us. Okay, excellent. Emilio, over to you. I want to get your three teams, but I also want you to chime in on this because I think Andy and uh, Russell have actually talked about something that I think you and I know very well. It sounds like both sides, and this is not a shocker, need a striker. Yeah. A striker. You know, we, we've talked about that for how long, but I want to get your thoughts going back to our mm -hmm. discussion here. Who are your three teams? 
Well, yeah, I think it's obviously, I think Sheffield United, you know, I predicted before the season, I think we did a pre-match show, didn't we? Pre-season show, Russ, and I predicted Sheffield United would get relegated, so I'm not surprised to see them there, and after they had a, reasonably, a pretty good season last year. I don't think West Brom going down is a given either, to be honest. If you take, I think they will, but you went to Wolves a week or so ago, and I thought you deservedly won that game that day. So, Allardyce has he instilled prominence in it. Is that the game that's got the, the, the ship sailing again down the right pathway. So I don't think it's a given that you're going to go down. But I think the key thing from our perspective, you know, being selfish here, is we've got these two critical games coming up on Wednesday and Saturday. Yes. You know, you know, we've got to win them both. I know it goes without saying. Win those both, Brighton are back below, back in the mix, and we distance ourselves from West Brom. And I, I expect maybe, Andy, that you'll lose to Manchester City. You've got a great result at their ground before Christmas, and deservedly so, before yes. British that night but I think I think Nancy are in a great run of form and you know but you know you've you've got that winning mentality after beating Wolves that's what I'm worried Fulham need to convert these good performances that we keep going on about these draws that get hard-earned draws and well-deserved draws into victories Burnley have pushed on look at Burnley you know they've they struggled for goals but they know how to win one nil those one nils are enough to, to to push them away from that relegation zone I've always said Burnley have got too much at home. I think their home form will keep them up. I think traditionally they're difficult to beat at Perth more. And I think they I think they will push on. I don't I think they've had a great result at Anfield. So for me, I think we will go down, Andy. I'll be honest with you. But I think you'll fight. Our lives will, will fight right to the death. So I don't think you're going to be too far behind. I'd, as much as I'd love to see Newcastle get ready, everyone knows who follows me, knows how much I hate Newcastle. And I know how much you <laughs> We've got them at the last game of the season at home, and it would be That's right. That was a game, wow. A, we're safe, but B, we can condemn them to relegation. That would make my my my, my life, basically. <laughs> we got we relegated Newcastle when we survived. Temporary charge many years ago. That gave me a lot of pleasure. So hopefully we'll do yep. the same. But I'm not sure. I think. They will change their manager at some point, and I think they will. Um, I think they will push on. I actually got an allegiance towards Brighton, Russell. Just that you know, my wife's from just down the road from Brighton. I've got a property in Brighton. You know, I, you know, I love the, I love the place, and I don't want them to go down because I want Fulham and Brighton to stay up. But clearly, if, if Fulham would stay up at the expense of Brighton, it's disappointing. But I have to take it. But realistically, I think. I think Brighton will go down. I think this. I think this is the end of the year. I think okay. I would under Hewton. Well, I thought he did well under Hewton, and I was I was very critical of the board sacking Hewton to take a Potter. You did well last year, good brand of football, but I don't think you've pushed on. You're you're feeling like a bit like a Sheffield United second year syndrome under a new manager. I think you're struggling, and I don't see where your goals are going to come from unless you you invest a striker. Your home form is a bit poor, so hopefully we could take advantage of that on Wednesday night and certainly. Get a result there, so I actually think you'll go down. Unfortunately, this year. I think at the expense of Fulham. Honestly, I don't want you to go down, but I'd rather Brighton than Fulham put it that way. <laughs> Russell Emilio is conflicted. Let's just say he's conflicted, but Fulham come first. I certainly understand that. And what's interesting about our conversations, we're going to get all into this because this is very interesting to get everyone's mm. thoughts on what's going through your mind about relegation. And we've really honed in on the players. But we've also hold, honed in on the managers. That's where I want to go next. So we're going to focus on the three managers. And then after that, I'm going to ask you a question. Which manager would you want out of the three managers we're going to talk about to survive? Which manager out of Parker, Potter, and Allardyce would you want? And and we'll get to that. 
we'll get to that. I'll ask that in just a second because I, I think that's an interesting topic. But I want to start with you, Russell. Thoughts on Graham Potter. And what's interesting is I remember a couple seasons ago we had on uh, a Brighton Hove Albion supporter who could not say enough good things about Chris Huden. Chris Huden represented everything that was good about Brighton Hove Albion. They still sacked him. So what are your thoughts about going away from Huden, coming in with Potter, and as Emilio said, now it's second year and struggling a little bit? Yeah, um, he's sort of split opinion a little bit. But what we've got at Brighton, unfortunately, is we've got quite a few what I call Bebwetter fans who do kind of throw the toys out of the pram and panic very quickly and very early. So there's quite a few of those people who have got onto Potter's back a bit. Um, obviously, with no fans in stadiums, that's less of an issue than it might have been. I'm not sure how vocal they would have been at games, but um, certainly in social media they are. Um, I'm very much in the Potter camp. I think he's a good manager. I think he's got potential and he's on a journey of uh, of development, uh, personal development himself, as well as uh, the team under him. So I'm very much in the, in the Potter camp. Um, I honestly would stick with him rather than... Uh, twisting as far as your other questions coming later on but um just because i think there's a project of work here that there's a big picture both for him uh and what he's trying to do but also beyond that what the club is trying to do um i think we i would stick with him for two reasons one because i think we will improve our form in the second half of year in terms of results um And either way, if we, even if we don't, I think he's a good long-term option. I think um, to do a Norwich City, dare I say it, a Sean Dyche, certainly in terms of the bounce-back ability factor, um, maybe not boing-boing, as Andy would <laughs> know the expression well. Uh, I don't know what you would call it, but but something along those lines. I think he would be yeah. the man to take us back up, um, ironically, even if he did take us down. Because there's a project with development with, with young players coming in. Yeah. And I think he's very good with the young players. And um, on that basis, I would I would certainly stick with him this season and probably beyond. Okay, but as you said, and this is interesting, the supporters are split on him. Hmm. Yeah, I, for the reason that was mentioned, I think it was by media just now about stepping on. Um, I think it's perceived because of the position we're in, the number of points we've got that we haven't stepped on. I think we've improved a lot of what we do. But what, what I agree with in terms of not stepping on is actually during the season, which is that we've, we've had the same story all through the year. Played a lot of good football, didn't yep. take our chances, um, conceding a lot of goals just before half-time. That's another little trait of ours. We did have an issue with the set pieces in both boxes. That, that's broadly speaking improved now. Um, but the other issues remain. And it's a, it's a case, as I said earlier, if we can break out of that and avoid that pattern continuing. As it stands, though, I'd agree that we haven't stepped on yet. I just feel my hunch is that, that we will do under him. I think he knows what he's doing. Um, I think we've suffered from a mixture of things. Um, he, he's doing a lot of rotation of the team. And that's where a lot of the debate is with fans saying that we've maybe done too much of that. And I think that probably has disrupted the flow a bit. But I do think that if if we can get through this phase, having done so, we've then got a stronger, broader squad to work from in the second half of the year, if it works. Okay, so, excellent. Yeah. Very good stuff. Andy, over to you. Let's talk about Sam Allardyce. And I don't know if I've asked you this, but I definitely want your thoughts on Billich getting sacked because I have been a fan of his. And I was actually disappointed that he got the sack because – I thought he deserved to stay on. So I want to get your thoughts on the move to Sam Allardyce, which is a very different, I think, from 
what you have with Billich, and you know what you're going to get with Allardyce. I wouldn't want Allardyce. I understand why your club brought him in. So what are your thoughts? Well, you can't get much more opposites, can you? You know, from Billich to, to, uh, to Sam. That's what I'm yeah, they, it was, yeah. So, yeah, with, with Billich, you know, he started well at West Brom. It certainly plateaued, certainly went down. You know, we were we were level with Leeds, you know, as, as, in, as in them, and you were way behind, and Brentford were way behind. Yeah. It all, COVID, I mean, who knows? You know, that, that break in the season didn't help, and we, we didn't come back as a better team. Certainly in the Premier League, you can see we're lacking some fitness levels. Yep. You can see we're lacking sort of physicality. He signed a lot of flair players. Um, it's Again, it's not great when you said before the board go against you. It's not a good message. No. I think I, one interesting comment when Billich got sacked was one of the players mentioned, Charlie Austin was saying, it was like a mate. You know, the manager is like a mate rather than a boss. And so whether that's the right you know, background to, to be a manager in the Premier League is questionable. I'm sure Sam's no one's mate. I mean, he has not got that sort of that, that side to him. What, <laughs> what he brings, I mean, the first three home games we had under Sam, no goals scored, 12 conceded. So, you know, that's, this is you know, reality. But then the Wolves game, he had no breaks in terms of working with, team, with the team. You know, it's all yep. fast fixtures, you know, Christmas fixtures thrown at you, international breaks. So with Allardyce, you need a system, you need a training ground, you need organisation. And with Sammy Lee barking as well, you know, you saw more of that against Wolves. And we still haven't seen our strongest eleven because Gallagher missed the Wolves game. He's our best midfield player, the guy yeah. from Chelsea. So once he's in there as well, you're going to start seeing more of a balanced team. Pereira's behind me. is now, you know, refound his form, signed his contract. So, it, you know, it, 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 the signs of this, the training, the more better preparation is going to come through in the next few weeks. Okay. He's not my perfect manager. I liked him at Bolton. I like a mixture of flair, you know, with a Kotcha, with Jorkiev, those sort of players. So he, he can work with flair players. So I'm hoping he gets that at Pereira as well. But certainly, we can't fold. We're folding games, you know, conceding really quick goals. Also, with Allardyce in charge. So the leadership on the pitch. Snodgrass looks a great signing. Well, I would agree. For you guys, absolutely. When is available? I mean, you know, West Ham fiasco, didn't you? That that was a real curveball. So best to not mention that anymore. But he's a good, you know, he made a great first uh, debut. So again, this January window where no one's moving, none of our clubs are anybody. No, you know, whether it's the money through through COVID and through you know, turnstile, you're not coming through. You know, it's the quietest January window. So we might be left with what we've got. Okay. But, yeah, we'll see. You know, obviously, he wins games, you love him. He lose, you know, he, he, lose, he lose patience. But he has a record for staying up. So yeah. we'll see. I'm, he I does, if I can, Andy. I can ask a question ahead, at Russell. this point as well to Andy. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. I mean, a lot of the media were saying that um, when Slavin Village was sacked, it was a bit harsh on the basis that you weren't underachieving. You were probably about where you were expected to be. Whereas um, when Sam Allardyce has taken over previous jobs, they've been teams that have underperformed and he's turned it around. Um, are you worried that that isn't a thing that can be done to that degree with this team in a, in a short space of time? Um, and, and were you, do you think it was harsh overall? Because I, I think I, I felt it was. I think he was doing a decent job um, on yeah, fairly limited resources. 
Yeah, I mean, Billich, it was, it come out of left field. I mean, typical West Brom, right? Been waiting for a good performance, <laughs> waiting for the place to play for him. He does it versus City, then finds out in the coach on the way back. I mean, it was, it was horrific and it was unfair. But again, yeah. you know, he, I expected a little bit more in terms of recruitment, you know, with his connections. The balance of the squad is way off. You know, they're all smooth. Technically beautiful players, but the- can they play for him? That's my question for you because we ran into that with Ranieri. Can these players who are built to play under Billich play for Allardyce, meaning style wise? Well, he's got rid of a few. You know, he's already made you know players go out on loan and he's released players you know on loan you know to championship teams, which really shows you where those players are yeah. and why we can't you know kick on in the Premier League. You know, these are lads that Premier League teams don't really want. Some are young, some need game time for sure. But uh, but no, I think for Allardyce, you know, it wasn't a bad time to come in. You know, we just got that result. So there was a proof that the team can play together. But it's knitting it week in, week out, which with Allardyce, with, sorry, with, with Billich, it was, it was a longer in the games, Russell, you know, where things were poor. They too beat with Sheffield United. And we're going back way, before, you know, looking at you know, June before that, before a victory, another victory. So it wasn't an overnight dip. It was it was a gradual decline. What the board thought, is it going to go further? And I can see both sides. You know, I really can. I don't think it was – I think it was cruel timing. I, I think it was – what they thought about, they, they predicted we'd lose to City heavily, right? You know, that was a no- you're going to lose, get dicked, and then, you know, you can get rid of him. Now we're in a situation – someone's been asked. He said, yes, we've still got to follow through. And that's what happens, I think. And I think the point as well to add as well, we've had this debate, Russ, haven't we, many times. What's more important, survival or brand of football? Survival, Emilio. 100%, I want to stay in the top division and I want to play in the top division. Even last, we had this debate last season. Yep. He was top six. I had fans around me at the Craven Cottage. 50% wanted Parker out, 50%. Give him time. Oh, it was split. There's no question about it. Can't keep sacking managers as long as we get promoted and we stay in the Premier League. You know, and then we push on. Then that's 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 where the test comes. You change your brand of football if you can't push on. But for me, it's if Sam Allardyce is going to keep my team in the Premier League, I don't care how we play as long as he keeps me in the Premier League. And when we got relegated, what five six years ago? I remember I was saying I got from a well reliable source at the club that. Fulham were interviewing for Sam Allardyce when we were in the Championship. I remember this. He was very close to being offered the job. You know, I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to say where the source came from. He was very close to the job. Everyone I spoke to were against that. And I said, but look how many years it took us to get promoted. Yep. Without Allardyce. So if he meant Allardyce round of football and promotion, I'd take that. Because I want to get promoted. I don't want to stay in the Championship and watch attractive football. Win 5-4, win 4-3. I want to play against the big boys. So. And that's a great topic. And I want to go back to you, Russell, because you've had a little bit of both. You've had Hewton. You've had now Potter. You've had different mm-hmm. styles. How do you feel about what Emilio just shared? Is it just about staying in the league or is it about how you play? It, it, it's an interesting way to look at it because I see where Emilio is coming from. He just wants to survive. He wants to stay in the Premier League. Brighton's in a little bit different situation because they've been now in the league for a while. Where do you fall on that? Yeah, it's a really interesting question, isn't it? And it's a difficult one to answer. Um, you'll probably get different answers from various different people uh, who watch the same football. So so other Albion fans 
uh, Brighton fans would yeah. would say completely different. Sorry, <laughs> complete That's confusion nice. with the obvious. Um, would would say completely different things. Uh, for me, I've got to be honest and say I, I think the football is important the way we play and um, whether okay. i want to go down at the expense of that i'm not sure it's a difficult one but it I, is. I it's a hard admit, balance yeah i mean i when we got promoted onto hewton it was a decent enough brand of football and we got promoted and then there was a bit more of a rudimentary style to the way we we played in the first season which i think everyone was fine with and in the second season people were getting a little bit kind of irky about it but they were happy with it until it started to go shaped in the second half of the season and we ended up only just surviving and I think the problem there was then it was poor football and it was it wasn't winning football either um, and that's why I think the tide turned on Chris um, in terms of Graham based on what I said before really I think if yep. we went down I think we would continue to play good football and I would be confident we could come back maybe not straight away I don't know but but we would be on the same trajectory and we would come back up so i'd be happy for us to stick to this style of football i wouldn't See, want to compromise that i wouldn't want that's to interesting that. because that was my thoughts russell with savisa jokanovic i never wanted them to sack jokanovic because i wanted them to keep the same style but emilio's on the other side of it which is interesting he all he cared well not i shouldn't say that emilio of course you you want good football but for him it was more important to stay in the division I'm thinking stick with Slavisa, whether we get relegated or not. So I, I can understand where you're going on. That. That's why it's an interesting topic. Andy, where, where do you fall on this? And again, because you're dealing with two completely different managers in the span of the season. Is it really just about survival for you? Well, you, you didn't watch during the Pulis years. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so used to it. But we had a really good team of international, solid, experienced yeah. who, who worked into a system. Eventually, players, it's hard for players just to, you know, to deny expression and just focus on organisation. But we did well under Pulis. I mean, don't get Yeah, right. you did. So, mm. you know, it was a tough watch. It was tough to deny good players, mm. you know, that platform to play, you know, in an expressive way. But, hey, if it works, it works. I think we yeah. all want a happy medium. I thought we all yes, want exactly. you know, six mm. to five with a bit of threat, uh, flair, but also have organisational nows against some of the bigger teams and maybe get a shock or two. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's a grey area. I think, Sam, you need more time. I say he has proven he, he can play with a bit of flair at times. The Wolves game looked good. Snodgrass, yeah. say, he's a progressive player. He hasn't signed another centre-half. You know, he's looked for somebody who can actually, you know, dead ball, he can motivate, he can create. So... We'll see where it goes, but yeah, it's it's it's, it's definitely a hard you know it's a question to answer. It is, and and it's a great topic for all of us because we're all dealing with uh, the situation of relegation, and we're talking about what's more important: is it survival? Is it style of play? Is it a happy medium? I think we'd all would want a happy medium, but mm -hmm. I understand where Emilio is going on that. And Emilio, that's going to lead us talk about Scott Parker with you. Now we've talked about Scott Parker several times, but since we've now talked about the other two managers, I'm curious now, we've had a lot of time, and I've, I've talked to you several times about Parker. Where do you stand right now as we're dealing with the relegation battle? It's funny. I don't hear any pressure on Parker. No, I no. understand it. I totally understand because I feel that there shouldn't be. Yeah. But others from the outside could say, well, wait a minute. Why isn't mm -hmm. he under any, any pressure, Emilio? So what are your thoughts on Parker? Yeah, for the benefit of Russell and Andy, you know, when he got the job a couple of years, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a bit, an advocate of Scott Parker. Neither I was I. 
neither of us remember we did a show on that day and neither of us were inspired by signing, but you can't keep sacking managers. Even last season when we were, I think we were underachieving with the players that we had at times, but Scott Parker plays in a certain brand of football. And when I met him about 15 months ago, we we had an open conversation about brand of football, style of football. And this is his philosophy. This is a brand of football he wants to play. And he's not going to change that, whether you're winning or you're losing. So, but to be honest, as I said, you can't keep sacking managers every season. I was telling the guys around us, the only way he's going to get sacked is if Fulham don't make the playoffs, at least. He got the playoffs. He won the playoffs. He's in the Premier League. And to be honest, he's winning. He's winning plaudits from a lot of neutrals. To yes, be honest. yes. You know, so to be honest, would I change? I, I wouldn't change a Sam Allardyce. And to be honest, I think Graham Potter and, and Scott Parker are very similar. And I agree. I think yeah. if we were to get relegated, I don't think Parker will get sacked. I think Parker will season to to try to get a bit like Russell said with, with Brighton. So I th- I think yeah. he's a young manager. We're not going to do what Frank Lampard. You know what happened to Frank Lampard today at Chelsea? Get sacked. I, you know. Another young manager who's bitten the dust at the uh, so-called big club, but I wouldn't change. I think let, let Scott Parker continue his philosophy, his brand of football. There's potential there. We've tightened up at the back. We've got some good good goalkeeper like Andy mentioned. We've got solid central defenders now. If we can get that striker who can convert these half chances and these chances into goals, then we can push on. But ask me the same question in a week's time when we've played Brighton and we're from. <laughs> I might have a different answer, but these are two six pointers, massive games for us, and these will define our season. If right to win, you what? You got eight points ahead of us. That's three games. Just, you know, I'd rather have the points on the board than the games in hand. Okay. And from again, you'll overtake us if you beat us on Saturday. We're right rock bottom in the bottom two. So massive five days coming up, but I think we've got enough. There's enough game winnable games for us. I wouldn't change the manager. Yeah, neither would I. Let him push on. Let him play his philosophy. Give him the reinforcements he needs. And if we get relegated, persevere with him. You know, okay. You've got to persevere with him. You can't, can't, I don't believe he's sacking managers all the time. I know what he's trying to do. It doesn't always attract you know, the best feedback from supporters. But from a neutral's perspective, he can't do more than that. Yeah. You know, he's, he's trying to play a classy brand of football. Our possession rates are very good. You know, and you know, the only thing that lets us down is our ratio of goals for chances. If we can address that, then I will push on. But it's a big if. It is a big if, Amelia. But I'm there with you, and I wouldn't sack him. I, I would keep him. And it's just, you know, it's interesting. There's no talk on that. And I just thought I'd bring it up. And, yeah. and, and that's a testament to him because he has shown this confidence and everyone has bought into what the club is doing. And, and that might also be why, Andy, you feel strongly about foam as well because you see what we're doing here. And it does start with Parker. So Parker deserves a lot of credit. But that's going to lead to a very interesting topic. And then we'll, then we'll get in and we'll, we'll get in to talk about the next couple of full matches and some predictions from you guys. So here it is. Russell, I'm going to ask you, which <laughs> manager would you want to help your club survive out of the three managers of our clubs? Would it be Graham Potter? Would it be Scott Parker? Would it be Sam Allardyce? I think... With, with the players we've got, I would say Graham Potter. I think he, he would. I'm, I'm confident in him. So on that basis, I wouldn't want to change either and disrupt the uh, disrupt the flow. So stick with what we've got and carry on trying to progress on the same form format. Okay, excellent, Andy. How about you? This is an interesting one because uh, you've got three interesting choices and you just brought in Allardyce. Would you again, if you had your choice between Parker? Potter and and Allardyce, which one would you go with if you were in charge? I'm putting you in charge of West Bromwich Albion. You are the owner. 
Wow. Well, I can, a hybrid of all three would be pretty good, actually. I think they're all Australian. <laughs> yeah. you know? yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, I, I do like Scott Parker. I love, I like his manner. I like his sort of, he just has a certain air about him that's a really yeah. And, uh, Aga Parker, I mean, I'm sound like I'm stabbing some in the back, but, uh, you know, it, then again, so, so, you know, Scott's unproven, isn't he? So let's mm. see, if he's under real pressure, how will he react? You know, Allardyce has years of experience, so I see it's tricky. That's such a hard question, Russ. Uh, yep. I, I say Parker because I do like the character, but Allardyce, yeah, in the trenches, he has, he has strengths as well. Okay. I think they're Excellent. probably the, the, the best options for each club are probably in, the, yeah. in those yeah. clubs at the moment. Yeah. 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 Ultimately. Right. Um, the, right. One thing I'll say for Scott Parker is he looks like he's just walked out of a clothing catalogue as well, which I, I quite like. <laughs> he's got an old style to him. Oh, he's a, he's, he's a styling guy. There's no, there's no question about that. Emilio, <laughs> I'm going to end with you with this because uh, I don't think I actually asked you this. Hmm. Who would you pick? Yeah, I'd keep who we've got, to be honest. And I think the thing that's worth raising, I remember before Parker got the job, I remember Mike Gregg, one of our fellow co-hosts, he yep. was a big advocate of of uh, Graham Potter, I recall. I remember this. Remember that. Yeah. He, we were asking who would he fancy. He, he was disappointed when Graham Potter took the Bryland job and was doing well in the Premier League. And I remember that one of our co-hosts on the show was always saying, you know, we lost an opportunity there. But for Scott Parker, you know, he's done the job he was asked to do. His, his job last season was to get promoted. He'd done that. Many of the fans who wanted him out last season, you ask them the question again now, yep. they've returned. Their views have changed. Not because they love Scott Parker. They they can see he's trying to do the best for the club and he loves the club. You can see there's passion there with the club. He, he, he's proud of being the manager of the club. And to be honest, I think the owners love him as well. They see this as a future manager, a bit like yourself, Russell. This yep. is a project. I see this as being a project. You know, he's yeah. got a good, good, good football brain. Yukanovic, to be honest, I wasn't a, you know, I was never his biggest advocate when he got the job, but I loved the brand of football he played. But we were shocking when we got relegated. He lost the dressing room. He lost that squad of players. It was the right thing to let him go. Unfortunately, Renieri didn't work out. I see Scott Parker a lot different. Younger, enjoys football, good pedigree, and he's the future. We don't go second his young manager. Give his young manager. That's why I think I agree with you. You'll keep Potter if you get relegated, and we'll keep Parker if we, if we get relegated as well. Yeah, because okay. they're young and progressive, and I think yeah, there's yeah. you know there's, there's time to grow, isn't there? But there's a lot in common between the two. Yeah, matches. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The okay, manager guys. I wanted Russell was um, was uh, Nigel Pearson. That's the one I wanted. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, if you really? if you get him, you win the title the following year. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah, but uh, his his health is really suffering with COVID. He's really having a rough mm. time with it. He's got long term effects. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Sad, sad yeah. story. Yeah. So okay. he would be my number one choice, but there's no way physically he can do the job. Okay. Yeah, he's, a good, he's a good manager, Pierce, and he's not bad. He, he would have okay. been a good choice if he was available. Yeah. Okay, great stuff, guys. I got another curveball for you before we end the show with predictions. Here's one, because I want you to take a good look at your players, okay? I'm going to start with you, Andy. Which club's players would you want to help your club survive out of the three clubs here? Would you go with the team you currently have? Would you take West Brom, would you take, I'm sorry, there's a Goldman, would you take Brighton's club or would you take Fulham's club? Would you stick with the players you have? If you could pick one of the three, who would you want? That's a great question. That's a great, I, I'm just going to defer to, let's, let's wait till this window ends. You know, I, I could say. Oh, you're copying out here. I'm not, I'm not you, you, the current squad, again, I, like, I say, I think Fulham will survive. So okay. I have to say Fulham. 
Okay. If we get two or three players yeah. that Allardyce mm. is, you know, needs desperately, we have a core of very good players. And so, yeah, I, I, I would say Fulham's. Okay. <clears throat> change, you know, get, 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 some new, get, get these players that I think we need desperately. Okay. Russell, over to you. Uh, I have a feeling you're going to say Brighton, but I'm going to ask you anyway. <laughs> it's, it is a pretty question. I agree with Andy. I mean, it's, it's, I think this is really tricky. I mean, yeah. Probably a, a mixture of of some of each would, would be the ideal. But if you're talking about the squad as a, as a wholesale, as a whole. uh, one, yeah, one or the other or the other. Um, yeah, I probably, again, it's purely because I'm talking about keeping Potter and keeping things together on that basis. I would say Brighton, the, the Brighton squad, because I think we have got a good squad. We built up over time in the Prem. Um, how much better, if at all, that is than you, you guys is debatable, I think, really. They've got it all still to prove. But um, it, it, it's really much of a muchness, isn't it? I mean, you've, you guys have got some good players, as you've, you've just mentioned there. Um, would this manager with those players do better than this manager with these players? I'm not sure. It's it's a bit of a cop out answer. I'll, I'll say Brighton, and it, okay. sounds, it makes me sound like a bit of a yeah. Oh, we got to. I'll definitely stick with this manager and these guys. I, I am confident in them, so I'll say, I'll say the Brighton players. There we go. Okay, okay, Emilio, I'm going to leave it to you. I, I again, I have not asked you this, so you have three teams to choose from. They're players. Which one do you choose? I know we're a film show. Be honest here. Would you yeah. take our players? Would you take West Brom's players? Would you take Brighton's players? I think that, obviously it's quite clear. I think we've got a, I think we've got a good enough squad to survive. To be honest, I think I looked at Brighton. You know, I was always you know, obviously they were very much like a second team for me for, for family reasons and for personal reasons as well. But um, I was always quite proud of what Brighton achieved. You know, always wanted them to do well in the Premier League. You know, watching out for them every week. They were, like I said, they were my second team. Still, in a way, they still are my second team. You know, for for those reasons. But I was, you know, we were all thinking let's let's get Lewis Dunk. I think we've got a comparable defender. We've got Anderson and, you know, our central defenders look very, very strong at the moment. So I wouldn't necessarily want to swap Lewis Dunk for some of our defenders. I think, I don't know what's happening with your goalkeeper um, situation, uh, Russell. You know, Matt Ryan's gone to us and that seems a little bit of a surprise yeah. move. Very surprised yeah. by that. So yeah, it's, that's um, a good one. Um, he, he seems to fall in some degree with, uh, with uh, Graham, uh, which seems unlikely because he seems like a good lad, Brian. And, um, you know, he's done a lot of stuff with the fans and um, he's a very sensible, mature sort of guy. Um, and I think he's he's quite emotionally intelligent. So it seems an odd person to have fallen out with anyone. Um, I'm not sure what's gone on behind the scenes, but certainly what it is, he wanted for first team football. And um, with Sanchez breaking in, who's a really good young goalie, but he's obviously going to make mistakes and he's still learning. Um it's a tricky one. Graham Potter's clearly put his faith in him. He's given him a clear run of games, and that's what led to Ryan wanting to leave. Um, it's a bit of a shame, and, and we have got a bit of a weakness there. If anything were to happen to Sanchez in terms of form, injuries, or anything else, I'm not that convinced with our backups at the moment. Um, to be proved, you know, they, they might they might do business. Who knows? But I'm a little bit worried. But in answer to the question, if I flipped it the other way, if I was a Fulham fan or a West Brom fan. I probably would say I'd stick with the squads I've got yes. in, in any case, because I think it's part of the narrative. It's part of what's got you to where you are. It's, it's part of what you can then take yeah. that narrative yeah. on. If, if you, you disrupt too much, I think if you suddenly literally plonked a whole new squad with any of those managers, they would have no time to really turn it round. I know sure. to some degree you can say that's the case with Big Sam because he's, he's in the precise position 
just a few weeks ago. But, you know, it is what it is now. And he's already done some work with them. So I would, if I was a West Brom fan, I probably would stick with the same squad on the basis that he is where he is with them. And he's got the best chance he can have now of okay. doing the business. Yeah. The, the Brighton squad as well, you know, there's some... Some stalwarts in that team, you know, players who you know been there for several seasons, you know, like uh Solly Bart, reliable, dependable, but you know, he's inconsistent as well. I'm not saying Trussard or being around so some of these young players, you know, some of these players have been around for a while. The fact that Dan Byrne wasn't good enough for Fulham, but still right. getting Premier League games for Brighton now, is that testimony to Dan Byrne maturing as a player, or is that because right. Brighton haven't got any other options? So to be honest, I think the Brighton squad hasn't pushed on. I don't think there's been enough investment there. I think one of our, you know, Chris, Chris the Jedi Martyr asking a question about whether there's enough investment at Brighton. I think I'd, I'd probably agree with him. You know, I'm not sure I'd say the squad is better than ours. I think, and then I don't think there's, I think it's parity between the two squads. You know, when you've got some, some experience there in the likes of, um, who's your four, Danny Welbeck coming on board, Lalana. I think he's a former, former international, you know, good experienced player, but, are they the players who are going to turn your season around? I haven't seen them making a difference yet to your, to your results. Yeah, they're kind of no. bit part players, but maybe because yeah. of injuries and having to manage yep. the, the fitness. But uh, yeah, I think they're going to they'll play their part probably to a small degree if we do survive. But um, it is going to be about, as you said, those young players stepping up and, and mm. taking the ball by the horn. Solly March has had a really good season, actually. He's stepped on. He's one of the success stories, I think, for Graham Potter. This season, oh, he's he's really come on under him. Dan Burns, Enigma. Uh, <laughs> some, some people are pulling their hair out when he's in the team. Others don't mind. I think he, does he some was like that when he was well. with Fulham. <laughs> you know, yeah, like that exactly. He was, of course, he was with you guys. Yeah, I mean, we we played him as a left wing back in one or two stories, oh. and he's been destroyed. You know, <laughs> and uh, it was it was a makeshift situation, but um, yeah, you know, with Triore and people like that, you're going to have a oh, six no. seven left wing back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy, Russell. That's crazy. I know, I know. That was only for a period of a game, but still, <laughs> you know, it cost us the Wolves game. It cost us for a while, and he, he adjusted it. But yeah, it's um, he's a strange one. He looks awkward, but he's not bad. But I'd also don't think he's quite the right fit. Um, but he does seem to be a darling of of Graham, so he's getting a, his fair share of game time. Okay. Good stuff, guys. All right, to finish up the show, coming up next, we're going to go through predictions, and I'll put a little spin on the predictions for my guests and my co-hosts. When you shop at a Walmart Vision Center, you get it. You know that you'll spend a little less on stylish glasses for the whole family. Welcome to the Vision Center. Let me know if you need help finding the perfect frame. Hey, Mom, you were right. These glasses are cool. Hun, they take our insurance. That means Papa's getting a new pair, too. Whoa, glasses start at just $39. Next stop, groceries. So you can get a little more of what you need. Find a vision center near you. Save money, live better. Walmart. Okay, guys, let's finish the show. This is how we're going to do it. We're going to do it a little bit differently because I want to get your predictions for the matches coming up. But I'm going to start it this way. Russell, I'm going to go to you. What if Fulham lose to Brighton Hove Albion? Does that change your thoughts on the relegation battle? Yeah, I think that's going to be a blow, actually, because as you guys have said, our home form has not been great. We keep drawing games to teams' bottom half. If we suddenly get the win against yep. you guys, it puts a big gap between our two teams. Um, as, we, as I predicted, I think Newcastle's the team that can drop. 
you don't gain any of that ground on Newcastle either if you if you lose. And for sure, maybe it gets worse. Um, I would fear for you, I have to say, and I would love you guys to survive. Um, but it is, you know, every man for himself to start with until we're safe. Um, but I, yep. I do, I, I think you'd be in trouble, actually, if you lose the game. If you draw it, it just keeps things ticking along. It just keeps things in range, doesn't it? Keeps us in there as well. Right, right. And Andy, over to you, because I'm curious your view on this. You're only a point behind us. Yeah. So say, let's throw out the match for you tomorrow, because I think it's going to be a bridge too far to beat Man City. But let's just say Fulham lose to Brighton. Does that change how you feel about Fulham? You you think Fulham are going to survive, and I hope you're right. If they lose, does that change things? Yeah, I think it has to. You know, you've been dominating games. You know, Emilio's been talking about it a lot. You know, creating chances. Not even on TV. You watch the Liverpool game. You're superb, but didn't finish the. You know, didn't get the result you deserved. That can haunt you. You know, that can really get to you. And the, the bottom line is, you've won as many games as we have. Despite, I know, and it, that's, that was that shocked me. I've mm. got to say, so I think you need to win. I think you have to convert the ones to threes, the one to defeat that will get in your head. And I think this this is massive game, a huge game. Um, so yeah, I totally think yeah, it, could, it would it would turn things. This is a it's a six pointer and plus mm. really. Okay, Emilio, mm. you and I talked about this off air. Mm. You've already said full need. To win both of these, yeah, absolutely. So, is this devastating? Again, we we're going to go through predictions in just a second on, on the Brighton Hove Albion match. We'll we'll also preview and we'll get not preview, but we'll we'll give our predictions for the West Brom match too because we got Andy on. Mm-hmm. But let's just focus on this one. What if Fulham lose? What does that do to Fulham? I think it knocks that confidence, that belief amongst the fans because there's there is an air of expectation. Again, the fans are divided here. You know, we've got fans who don't think we've got enough quality. We can't score goals. Therefore, that's not enough to stay in the division. Whereas there's a glass half full people like myself who believe the club can stay up. But of the two, obviously, both are must-win games for us. You know, A, we get closer to Brighton and B, we push away from West Brom. But I don't think it's the end of the world if we get a draw and a win. I still think, you know, it, it, would I prefer to beat Brighton than West Brom? I'd probably say yes. If, if I had to choose a... A game to win, not not to lose. I'd prefer to beat Brighton and draw with West Brom if I had a choice of four right. points. Obviously, I want both six points out of six. But I want to get closer to Brighton, get closer to Newcastle. The way to do that is don't let Brighton push away from us further. If we lose that game, that's eight points. That's three games. That's 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 a that's a big, you know, big you know big gap to 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 catch up with. West Brom, I think Newcastle will get sucked in at some point. Maybe Wolves. I think Wolves have got too much quality to get stuck in, yep. and I think Burnley have got enough quality to win at home, and they they've got that winning mentality. So for me, it's win against Brighton on Wednesday. Confidence, we, we regain that confidence, that belief that we can go away from home, be the team around us. I've said it all along. There's enough games with teams around us for the rest of the season. We've got Newcastle at home, Sheffield United at home. We've got Leeds at home, Wolves at home. They're a winnable game. West Ham at home. I know West Ham are a good team. You've got you, you boys away from home in the next four or five days. So there's enough points there to be gained. But don't lose either, but get four points. And if we get four points, as a Fulham fan, I'll take that. But the first six, before is not the end of the world. There's enough games there to recover. Okay. Very good there, my friend. All right. Let's get to it. Russell, I'll give you first shot at this. Give me your prediction for this massive match. We're already talking about it. This is a huge match. 
at your place. What is your prediction yeah. for Brighton Hove Albion versus Fulham? And I'll get Andy's prediction and Emilio's as well, and I'll share mine too. It is a huge match, isn't it? Um, I'm t- I'm notoriously bad at getting these things right, so whatever I say, don't don't worry. Anyway, um, I've got a feeling because um, we we won the game at Leeds and we we game managed yep. where we haven't done. That's one been one of our issues when we've taken Leeds. We're one of the biggest conceders at Leeds this, in this division. Um, I was encouraged by that, and obviously we uh, we got the win against Blackpool as well in the cup. Um, yep. It seems unfanciful to say that we'd win three games in a row in this season. Um, <laughs> I've, I've got a feeling um, it's going to end up being another draw. Another I think draw. it's going to be something, a two-all draw. I'm okay. hoping, of course, that we win. But I'm going to say a two-all draw in the hope okay. that it works in some kind of reverse jinx way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Andy, give me your prediction for this match, which actually does affect your side too. Yeah, yeah. That's a draw. It's, it's 1-1. There's, there's no <laughs> doubt. You know. Both teams can't afford to lose. You know, yeah. yeah, it's huge. Parker's yeah. not going to go there to attack and risk, I think, you know, go gun ho and try and win. Potter, to me, is not a manager that really, you know, sort of, he's not a huge risk taker from what I've seen at Brian. Play beautiful football, Russell. I mean, both your teams play mm-hmm. great football. But I don't see many goals, and I, I, I see a 1-1. But both okay. teams need to win, but both teams... Certainly can't afford to lose. It's interesting because it, Russell, before I go to Emil and get his prediction, it could be similar to the first time these teams played. Mm. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. And we've yeah. rarely drawn as well. I think we've only had six draws. Um, well, we canceled each other out in that match, if mm. I remember correctly, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, sod's law, we get two of them this season. <laughs> oh, okay, Emilio, I'm putting you on the spot. Give me your prediction. I was going to say, I've been banging on about this since before Christmas. Judge us against the teams around Here it is. Tottenham, Liverpool, Man United, etc. So sorry, Richard Tipple. Sorry, Russell. I'm going to, I fancy us to win 2 1. I agree with oh. Brian Lake. I think I'm going to be bullish. I've said it the last few weeks. Judge us on this, this game and West Brom. We have to win this game. We can't go to Brighton and play conservative. Go out there, take the game to Brighton, Hove Albion. And make a statement, Scott Parker. You're gonna, you know, don't be too defensive here. You've got to be brave, be courageous, and go out there and win the game. Because I, th- okay. I think we've got enough quality to do that. But it's, it, it's gonna, like Andy says, it's gonna. Neither team can afford to lose its game. So it's gonna be two young managers, both with their philosophies, both with their style of footballs. It's, um, it's gonna be tough for both teams. But I think we've got enough there to win the game. Put us, I don't care about yesterday's def- dead, a woeful defeat against. It doesn't them. matter. That we doesn't matter, you know, and, and I got not worried about based by a few people because I said it doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter in the large scheme of things when it comes to mm. what Fulham need to do, and that's concentrate mm. on the league. Yeah. I wanted them to do well in, in in the cup. They didn't. I shouldn't say it doesn't matter. It just it's not mm. as important as these two matches coming up, Emilio. Yeah, and I gotta be honest. With, what was that? So the only thing I worry about is potentially from our perspective being a little bit. Concern is, is the fitness levels. You know, some of these players have come back from COVID. Yeah, we saw Lamina yesterday struggling a bit with you know with pace. And I think Gisa has struggled to be honest. With you. We don't know if he's one of these players. I just worry about the fitness levels. So if there's any concern from my side, it's not about the ability to beat Brighton. It's more how fit are the players and COVID. I think will play an impact. To be honest, interesting. But, yeah, Very just something to, be, something to be mindful of. But I think we've got enough quality as a starting eleven to go there and actually get a result. But the game of Craven Cottage before Christmas, Russell, was a drab affair. Woeful. <laughs> it was. 
It was terrible. It was. <laughs> it wasn't it great, was. was it? It wasn't no, great. No, no. And that's my fear is that we're going to see that same type of match. So I don't normally do this, but because Emilio – well, I'm a positive person, but Emilio has spurred me on to give a similar prediction as Emilio. I don't normally go with Emilio. I'm going to go two to one. I'm going the exact same with Emilio. <laughs> he has given me confidence to go two yeah. to one. Okay. We do have to just do one final match, and this will be Andy's match against us, and that's another huge match. So – Russell, I want to get your thoughts because this does impact your side as well. What are your thoughts about Fulham going on the road to the Hawthorns on Saturday to play West Brom? What's your prediction? Yeah, I think I'm again. I mean, this is going to sound a little boring, but I think it's going to be another draw. I think another it's draw. going to be poss- possibly a one-all uh, because I think again, <laughs> there's this this sort of time in these big games. There's so much you want to have as a conclusive element and it, invariably it never is. It'll just be something that will just drag things along a bit further yeah. and it, there'll be nothing too conclusive in this game. I think it'll be a one-all. Um, one-all. I've got a nasty feeling something controversial is going to happen in that game oh, as well. Oh, no, I don't, no I don't idea want what. that. And that's going to really throw a cat no. Oh, that's the last thing I want, Russell. Please, no controversy. Please, Andy, yeah. over to you. Your prediction. Again, this is a huge match for both of our sides. Well, two draws last season. You battered mm. us this season. <laughs> As you did, I mean, two nil could be four or five, but we're going to win. We are going to oh, beat okay. them. That's, mm. that's, that's shocked you. Every bit of logic from me saying how great Fulham are is going to go out the window this now week. Going, now he's going with the side. Okay. I think we have to win. I think we got, we're more desperate than you are. Okay. Well, our windows now, our windows the next six games. Four, yeah, that's true. And I just think you'll be that desperate enough. I think Aladas will do enough nasty stuff on the on the training ground. Set pieces, we scored, you know, more goals. Set pieces with Aladas. We've done all year, you know, all season with uh, with Village. Okay. So there's a difference. So I think we're going to beat you two one. Okay, oh, Emilio, over to you. We got two to one from Andy. We've got a draw from Russell, not me, the other Russell. And what is your prediction? Yeah, well, when's the last time Fulham have won back-to-back Premier League games over, over you know, over the, even our first 13 years? It's not often we, we, we get back-to-back away wins. So, I, weirdly, I find the West Brom game to be a tougher one than the Brighton game. It's not a really? Point. I think the Brighton game, I think, will be very, very even, Stevens, two similarly matched teams. I think I think the Sam Allardyce effect will be a problem for us on Saturday. I'd like to think we can go there and win, and I'm confident we can go there and win. Yep. But, Will Sam make it difficult for us? You know, he's an experienced manager. Who's who gets their tactics best and right will have a say in that game. I think. I think my heart is saying we'll win. My head is probably saying probably a one-all draw, but but that's not good enough, really. These are games we have got to go there and get and get a positive result. So I think we will win two-one. But the reality is, you know, I think it's probably going to be more likely to be a one-all draw as long as we don't lose. If we pick up four points out of six, it's not the end of the world for the fan. Okay. Okay. All right. Emilio, I'm going to disagree with you on the score, and I'm going to go with this person to score. It's going to go off of his head, off of his face. Ivan Cavallero to score and win 1-0. It's going to be some bizarre goal, and there could be controversy. So this is my controversy that Ivan Cavallero scores a goal. So I'm going going with Fulham 1-0, and I'm Mr. Positive, so that's what I'm going to do. All right, guys, we went a little bit over, so I do want to wrap up the show. Russell, please tell everyone, and I didn't get a chance to mention this to start the show, and I'm sorry about this, about your podcast. 
Yeah, so I'm, I'm co-host and founder of a podcast called Brighton Rock Podcast. Um, the name really comes from well, there was classic film set in the area, era, um, in the area, sorry, uh, and also Brighton Rock. That can mean two things um, aside from music. It could be rocking, as in rock in American style rocking, or it could be uh, rocking, as in what we're doing at the moment in the table. Uh, but I think it seems a suitable one. But yeah, me and okay. my, my co-host Peter, we've been doing it since Jan. Um, it's it's um, yep. it's a good kind of like conversational pub chat set up. Um, we do it just audio um, uploaded onto all the various platforms, and um, it's good fun. We we enjoy it, and we're getting a growing listenership. And recommend it to anyone, Albion fans or you know the opposition view. If anybody fancy checking out, Fulham West Brom fans, we're fairly congenial, and we don't say anything too partisan, except about Burnley and Leeds. Can't stand them. <laughs> I'll join you. And I'll Palace, join you both of those sides. I'm I'm there with you, Russell and uh, Andy. Andy, I, I love having Andy on. Andy, you are just one of the best guys I know. Thank you so much for doing this with with us tonight. I really appreciate it. Well, it's great. I mean, it's a great bunch of lads. It's like being in a pub, you know. I wish I could lift my glass and, you know, a mutual four. I wish we could all stay up, you know. I think we. Yeah, yeah. I think even if we meet in the championship, it'll still be convivial. But yeah. uh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. And uh, hopefully, as I say, we'll meet up again some stage in the future. Absolutely. We'll meet up the first chance we get when pubs are open in 2024. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Fulham, West Brom and Brighton. What do people have a bad word to say against each of these clubs? You know, you don't no, know. there's nothing really. We're all, we're all That's family, a good point, family That's club, a good point by, by all of us. Good values, yeah. good principles. You know, Burnley, people don't love them. Burnley for various reasons. Leeds United. I can't stand Leeds United. Newcastle. Not many people. Newcastle United. You know. So it's to be honest, it's who says a bad thing about about Fulham, Brighton, and West Brom? Very, very few people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we've got great away haven't we? As well. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. All right, all right. Good stuff, guys. I do have to wrap this up because I've had you guys on for way too long. But I just want to thank my co-host Amelia for doing this and my special guest. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Cottage Talk. For Russell, Andy, and Emilio, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.